0: I think that one of the most basic questions that plagues human beings throughout history is who should I trust or where should I place my faith because right now you have tons of people, organizations, companies, political groups, TV spokesmen, social media, everybody is vying for your trust but where will you put your faith? Who will you trust with the fundamentally most important question of your life? And the question that I'm talking about is, what ultimately fulfills me in this life and thus makes me happy? Now there are a ton of, ton of answers to this. I asked my confirmation class, I said, what do you think the answer is? Like, what is your end goal? What do you want more than anything that's gonna fulfill you and make you happy? And of course, rich and famous, which drives me nuts. Because the rich and famous people are like the most miserable people on the planet. So why do we want that? Some people say pleasure. Some people say honor, prestige, others power. Can mankind even fulfill the desire? We got to get this question right, you guys, because this question influences every other aspect of our lives. Like if you think wealth is going to fulfill you and satisfy you, if that's your end game... Your whole life is ordered towards that. I have to get as much possible wealth as I can. And everything else goes by the wayside. Jeremiah today in the first reading gives us the biblical answer to this question. He says this. Cursed be the man that places his trust in human beings. Who seeks his strength in the flesh or in the world. Whose heart turns away from his God. And conversely, he says, blessed or happy is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. Trivia time. Do you know what the longest chapter in the Bible is? Anybody got a guess? Shot in the dark. Longest chapter in the Bible. Theologians, scripture scholars. Protestants. (laughs) Protestants. <laughs> Anybody? It's Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is 176 verses. Longest chapter in the Bible. What's the shortest chapter in the Bible? Huh? The one after it. <laughs> you know, you're really not that far off. It's what Psalm 117. It's two before it. Two verses. What is the center of the Bible? Based on chapters, verses, what is the very center heart of the Bible? Which one? Psalm 118, right? Yeah, this is good. You guys are catching on. (laughs) Psalm 118 is right dead center in the Bible, and it says this. At the heart of the scriptures, it says this. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in men. And what Jeremiah is talking about, what the Psalms are talking about, is to root your whole life, to ground the center of all your concerns in God. Now, if I ask this parish this question, do you believe, do you trust God? I hope that I would get back from all of you a resounding yes. Yes. I don't trust the world. I don't trust mankind. I, my faith is in God. But then, when the smallest thing happens to us that doesn't go our way, or we're suffering, or things go out of whack, we're like, God, what the heck? Boom! We turn on Him. Why? Why do we turn on Him so quickly? Our image of God often influences what we expect Him to do in any given situation, and our image of God 99% of the time comes from our parents. That's how we understand God. Now, we live right now in a society of helicopter parents. You ever heard of this term? Right? They, they just hover over their children and make sure nothing bad ever happens. I have a friend in Minnesota who calls them Zamboni parents. <clears throat> They just smooth everything out in front of them, make sure they never fall, they never get hurt, they never suffer, there's no pain. Now I get it. You should take care of your children, you should protect your children, but that is not your primary role as a parent, to make sure that they never get hurt. Your primary role as a parent is to make sure your child is courageous, is able to take risks, can lose and keep trying. They don't all have to get the participation award. And so, if our image is God as a Zamboni parent or a helicopter parent, whenever anything goes wrong, we're going to lose our faith in God. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but the world ain't getting any softer. In fact, it's getting a whole heck of a lot stronger and harder. And so we hear God's Vision for us in the gospel. He says, My vision for you is not that you are always fed or that you're always laughing and having a good time. Why? Because God doesn't want everyone to grow up to be a spoiled, self entitled little brat. That's why. He's a good father. He's saying to us, I want to raise someone who is strong and courageous, someone who, when they get rejected, they can still love. Someone who, when they're scorned, they still have joy. Someone who is hungry, they, yet they can fill others. This is why I'm convinced God lets us go through pain and suffering. Because there's more to this life than getting your way. The famous actor Jim Carrey, I just read this this, this uh, week, he said, I wish that every person in the world would be rich and famous so that they could realize that those things will never make them happy. He said, when I was richest and most famous is when I was at the worst part of my life. The darkest point. So do you trust God or do you trust human beings? I want to give you a little litmus test to help you do your own self-assessment. You don't have to tell me. This is in your own heart. Just listen to these questions. I'm basing them off of the Beatitudes to see if you really do place your faith in God. Or do you maybe place your faith in something else? First one, Jesus says, blessed are the poor. Translation, blessed are you if you don't place your faith in material things. How do you know you're placing your faith in material things? A couple questions to ask yourself. How much time do I spend thinking about things I want to buy or get? How painful is it for me to lose money? Do you find that you're never satisfied with what you have and always want more? Do you find yourself often comparing your possessions to what other people have? How much do you work? How much effort do you put into your work? And finally, do you tithe? Meaning, do you give 10% of your income, annual income, to charity? Maybe you're placing more faith in money and wealth than you think. Second one, blessed are you who are hungry, blessed are you who weep. Translation of what he's trying to say, blessed are you if you don't root your life in sensual pleasure. What are some signs of that? How much money in your life is given over to vacations, fine dining, pleasures, food? How do you react when life becomes painful? Do you shrink away from doing things you know you should because you know it won't feel good? Or do you fast or practice any type of discipline in your life? Maybe you're placing more faith and trust and sensual pleasure than you thought. Finally, we hear blessed are you when people hate you and exclude you and insult you all because of your faith in the son of God. Translation, blessed are you if you don't put your faith in the approval of others. What are some signs? How concerned are you with what people think of you? How much does it bother you when you're not noticed for something you did? How much does it bother you when someone else gets more attention than you do? Maybe you're placing more faith and trust in the approval of others than you thought. Be careful because none of these things can satisfy us. And I think I'm on a roll. I know it's Super Bowl Sunday and we're all cheering for the Rams, right? Because Matthew Stafford deserves a Super Bowl. And I'm on a roll. Past two weeks, I've talked about Tom Brady. So I'm going to do it again. Week three, Tom Brady. I think i told you this before, but there's a 60 minutes interview. With him, and this is back when he had three Super Bowl rings, now he has six. And he was on the star. he was the rising star. He was, you know, considered the most well known person in sports at the time. His stats were off the charts. He had married a Victoria's Secret supermodel. He had houses around the world, he had private jets. He had a $60 million contract from the New England Patriots. And on this interview, he's looking at the interview, and the interviewer is like, Tom, you got everything, man. You've got it made. What's it like? And Tom looks back and he says, you know, a lot of people would be like, dude, you've reached the top. You've got it all. Me? I look at all of it and I'm like, God, there's got to be more than this. And he looks at the interviewer and says, well, what is it, Tom? And he says, I wish I knew. I wish I knew And you know what the real sad part about that is, you guys? Tom Brady was raised a Catholic. He should know. Not only that, he said the answer. God, I wish I knew. I'm like, Tom. (laughs) I'm like screaming at the computer screen, Tom. I'd give anything for an hour to sit down with that guy. And tell him what really leads to life. Because here's a man that has everything in the world can offer. The American dream. And he's not happy. He's restless. So after all these questions. All these examples. What's your answer? Who do you serve? We are coming into the most sacred time of the year. Only a few weeks until Lent comes. It's right around the corner. And my encouragement for you. Is to pray through those questions that I asked you. So I put them at the entrances of the church on a little sheet of paper. You just pick one up and take it with you after Mass. Take some time and read through those and say, what is it that is blocking me from really trusting God? And then take that thing and 40 days, 40 days you work on that. So at the end, when we celebrate God's victory over sin and death at the great feast of Easter, you will truly be able to say, my faith is in God alone.